with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Good morning, Trudy Clausen here this morning with you, and uh, I've actually got a panel of guests today, so I'm I'm excited about that. So I have uh, three gentlemen with me uh, who all ran for the uh, position of city councillor and one successful, but uh, uh, so we'll I'll start by introducing them. I have John Zakowski. Welcome, John. Good morning, folks. And Garth Frizzell. Oh, good morning. And Carm Manhas. Good morning. And I just want to uh, just I'll 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 say again because apparently I need to say this is that um, I need to make it very clear that I'm not speaking here on behalf of City Council. I'm speaking uh, on behalf of myself, Trudy Clausen. And um, I just want to say thank you so much for coming in, and thank you, of course. For running, each of you, because I think each of you brought something really unique to the campaign that was needed. I mean, obviously, you had a lot of people voting for you, and and um, so maybe if we can start with John, just a campaign recap. Like, what did you learn? What um, what would you advise anyone coming in uh, wanting to run next time? Uh, four years from now, we have another another election. So, what would you advise someone? What are your What is your recap and, and your advice for someone considering running? Oh, God, I may be the wrong person to ask. You might want to ask Carm. Uh, running for council, uh, you've got to be on your topics, and you've got to be prepared to be close-lined. Uh, truly, I mean, ask questions that fall well outside the realm of city politics. Uh, that's what I noticed with this this election. Uh, it was really off-topic. A lot of provincial and federal stuff, and very little having to do with the actual civic Operations of the city. So, did you find way? Did you figure out ways to answer those sort of misdirected questions? Perhaps I dialed it back to bringing it back to being issues involving the city. I mean, there is a reach, right? I yeah. mean, we can ask for the moon, but bottom line is, what can council effectively do in a municipal setting? And that's what I had to bring it back to. Mm-hmm. So, for okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> I know, clear, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, Garth, let's go with you. Well, it was uh, a, um, a really passionate uh, exercise, for sure, um, because the issues that we're seeing uh, come right to the surface around Prince George and every downtown across Canada and North America are ones that you that are scary, uh, frightening, our residents with addictions, our residents who don't have homes, our residents that are, are afraid for fires and crime, all of that came to the fore. And what it's highlighted for me, Trudy, is I think we're looking at a term ahead where we're going to have to do much more advocacy than we've ever had to do. We see that there's been announcements, and I hope we get a chance to talk about the provincial and the federal announcements that have come out in the last week alone, but, you know, these these issues are are ones we've got to deal with, we've got to attend to. And it's not good enough to say, that's not my bailiwick, that's not my lane. We can't do that. We have to do something to uh, to make it better. Okay, that's. I think that's a really good summary. Uh, Carm, how about you? How did the uh, campaign go? What would you, how would you advise someone coming in? Um, I think it went uh, relatively well. I did think I was going to win. I mean, of course, going in, you have to act that way. And I did try to do some innovative things that I thought maybe I'd get a little more emotional and change the change the tone a little bit on purpose, playing a little bit of theater, trying to, you know, 
uh, put myself out there, and uh, I did get told by several people, and it did come out that way, you know, <clears throat> as I was taking advice, that mainly the incumbents usually get in in the first year, most likely will not get in, and so, uh, you know, how much money I spent, I'm glad I didn't spend too much money, and use my people power. I did think I was going to do a lot better than I did, actually, from my personal survey and what I was experiencing. But uh, it was a good experience. And, you know, I think we all looking just beside it. We want to make the city a better place and whatnot. And that's why we ran. So uh, we'll see how it will be in the future. But yeah. Yeah, it was a good experience. Well, I I, um, I certainly appreciated all of your efforts. Uh, so, uh, like today, one of the two things that we do want to talk about that Garth has already mentioned is the uh, this week's announcements uh, made by uh, Premier Eby. But uh, just back to you, Carm. First, I'll start from with you this time. What was the main concern that you were hearing from your voters or from constituents? Uh, it's probably what we're talking about today. Uh, was the, like the downtown businesses. I just served with everyone. Like I went to every, like I went to, I talked to everybody and they all were saying the same thing. In fact, I had a piece of paper. I would say have a magic trick. And then that's all I my entry. Okay. I got a magic trick for you. I'm going to tell you what you're going to say before yep. you say it. And I have a piece of paper <laughs> and the word they always said was safety. That was the number one, right? Bring it down to the one thing. It was safety. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, it's just, uh, and then, yeah, well, you have this massive, the, the problem that's all around us. So, mm-hmm. you see, that's the problem. The, so, the drug addiction, yeah, which has gone on for years, maybe that we're going to get into that, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's been years of this. And that was, in my opinion, that was a true pandemic by far of people that I know and my family, friends, and people passing away from drug addiction. Like, we're talking regular people. Not, I mean, yeah. everyone's a regular person, but like it's happening everywhere. Yeah, yeah. That's thank you, Garth. How about you? What did what did you mostly hear from uh, voters or people that you were canvassing as concerns? Yeah. Well, all of the above. Uh, also, uh, what we were going to do about reconciliation, what we were going to do about climate change, what we were going to do about costs, because. We're going through, remember, the the 7% inflation. And with all the measures, we're down to, what, 6.9% inflation. So we're in for a tough ride with the costs of running government. I think these next three months, Trudy, you're going to see it's it's going to be difficult. And we're going to need the input of everybody, people who have been engaged in this process, to uh, to make sure that we are spending wisely and efficiently. So... Mm-hmm. All of those pieces, plus no one's missing out on our crumbling infrastructure. Uh, what, $500 million that we were at least behind? Um, how are we going to be able to afford that? That's That's been ongoing since I got on council in 2008, and it'll continue on because we built all our stuff in the 70s, and it's 2022, so the debt's come and due. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Like, I'm, I reached out to uh, Chris Stern's house. Uh, I'd like to have him come in because he mm-hmm. he spoke. I, I had him once as a guest uh, way back in beginning of the of the of 2022, I think, and he talked a lot about the, our crumbling infrastructure and the massive need we have there. And absolutely, okay, John, John, how what did what was the main concern you heard from people? Well, basically, it, it, the the points that Carmen and Garth have touched on uh, the big. Uh, the big focus for me was the downtown and the downtown core, uh, the damage to the small mom and pop operations, which 
federally got ignored throughout the pandemic because they couldn't get funding. Um, so, you know, you lose two or three windows in the front of your business, you're up to ten grand, and uh, you're shelling out of your pension or cashing in your, your bonds or whatever to pay for something you shouldn't have to pay for because there is no control in the downtown. So that was a big issue for, for a lot of the smaller businesses because they take it straight on the chin as opposed to a corporation or a limited company or whichever that that has that, that latitude to afford those added expenses. Mom and pop operations can't handle that. And I uh, thank you, John, for mentioning that because small and medium enterprises, um, SMEs, uh, are account I think for around seventy percent of our of the jobs in our economy, and they are often forgotten when government is making decisions, right? Because it's it's so easy for the big for the big corporations to have somebody on staff that is actively lobbying for this, that, and the other thing, and they can deal with stuff. Whereas the mom and and, and in terms of crime, like that hits small and medium-sized businesses the, the most in comparison, like, because big businesses aren't as impacted, right? Because they have a bigger budget for security and all of that. Oh, they've also got the latitude to turn around and, and write off losses. Yes. A small mom and pop can't afford to do that. And when 75 mm-hmm. to 80% of your small business in Canada is literally small business, mom and pop operations that are sole proprietorships, not limited or incorporated, that's a lot of revenue, and that's a lot of people getting punched in the face because things are going off the rails. And that, that can really, really hurt. And I don't think that any one of us would want to live in a city that only has Walmart, that only has Home Depot. Exactly. That, like, I mean, don't all of us enjoy going into, like, let's say if we're traveling, let's forget even Prince George, if we're going into another city, do we, do we say, oh, I can't wait to get to their Walmart? No, we don't. <laughs> we go. We want to go and see their vibrant downtown. We want to go and visit and browse through the little shops that are unique, that have unique things. That That's right. Are and and so I think you're absolutely right um, that those small and medium enterprises have been taking it on on the chin, and that is where that safety and security of person and property is so vitally important. The service difference. Yes. Between it, all the services in the small. Like, that's where you get love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you walk in the door and you get greeted with a smile. And even if they don't know your name, you get the nod or the smile. And it's like, that's that's affirming, right? It's in like, a non-creepy way. Exactly. <laughs> Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's that feeling from the local business owners. They're the ones that chip in and support the baseball teams and youth sport and all these other things with donations. You know, they're the first ones that are willing to turn around and open up the checkbook and support local activities. So, you know. Yeah, Trudy and I were at a breakfast this morning talking about that new route that the that the local yes, airport let's talk has opened about, up. Just briefly. <laughs> I just wanted to mention it because one of the things that's a, a good sell for getting tourists from Tucson up to Prince George, get downtown, and there's only one chain restaurant. It's all individually owned restaurants. And I'd never thought about it that, but then I started thinking, where are any of the chains? They're, they're not here. And so just to do some free advertising for our airport and Flair Airlines, they have a flight to Tucson, Arizona for very affordable from Prince George. But you're exactly right. Even our family coming to visit us from Alberta, they say the same thing about our about our eating establishments is we have so much variety um, and we don't have as many of the chain stores downtown, especially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, OK, so we've gone in a little bit of different direction there. Um 
just uh, but back to uh, um, oh I, I know what I, where I was going with that I was um, when I was <laughs> I started uh, canvassing businesses on Queensway East when I started the campaign like when I started doing my uh, campaigning and I, I was expecting a lot the, all of the questions to be focused on downtown and which I wasn't like I was correct about but what I was surprised at is I because because after I, I sort of uh, I went out to BCR site and there's that was the first question there as well. They, I, cause I, because I would introduce myself as, okay, I'm the candidate that I, I want to see our region develop and our industry and national natural resource development expand, right? That was my pitch. But then they would say, yes, that is wonderful, but what are you going to do about downtown? And so even in the BCR, even in the heart, that was the first question. And so very obviously, like you were saying, Garth, even though and even though much of this isn't within purview of city council, we're going to have to do a lot more advocating and working together and just making that happen, making the, those improvements just come, right? Um, so we had two announcements, and this is what the bulk of the rest of our program is going to be about uh, today, is we had two announcements from our new Premier, E.B., uh, one was on the housing crisis and one was on uh, prolific offenders because those are two issues that uh, that city cities have been dealing with and especially well both of them so how about let's start with let's start with Garth right. what do you think uh, just pick one and maybe expand on it and we just we have a few minutes left before our break so you can sure yeah. uh, safer communities action plan the first announcement by by EB so it followed up on the prolific offenders report that came out in October, and that one was driven by the mayor's caucus. So Lynn Hall was a part of that group to get that that pushed. It took them a long time to do it to get for the uh, for the province to get that report out. Okay, so this is. Can you tell us a little bit more about the report? Sure. Yeah, the uh, the BC Urban Mayors Caucus is uh, ten or twelve of the largest municipalities in BC. The mayors meet on a weekly or biweekly basis, and they lobby the provincial government. One of the common problems they had was offenders, prolific offenders, who were on as as you've said before, the catch and release program. They'd uh, they'd identify them, they'd pick them up, and then they'd go back into the community and offend again. So the mayors said, do something about it. The province said, sure, in the next six months, we'll put together a report. And it came out in October, just before the election. Well, now the Safer's Community Action Plan that was announced on Monday, uh, it's putting together points to try to address it. So things like these uh, these mixed teams, uh, RCMP and nurses, things like uh, mental health response teams, coordinated response teams, changing how bail works, changing how probation works. And then they capped it off on Wednesday with the announcement of another $230 million going into rural policing. That was a shock. That was a that was a surprise. Uh, nice to see. see it'll be interesting to see what the impact will be here in, in Prince George. But are, are we considered rural in that context? We're not, but we're the hub for North District. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that rolls out and see what that impact is. Prince George is mentioned a lot in both of these reports. We've got the Indigenous Justice here. That's that's the model. It's been effective, and it's mentioned again and again in the report as being the model that they want to work towards in other jurisdictions, maybe rolling out another 10 like we've got in Prince George and expanding Prince George, putting research into Prince George, 
So it's promising, but uh, proof is going to be in the pudding. I want to see uh, what actually comes of this. But laid out the way it is, Safer Communities Action Plan looks like a lot of promising steps. Is there any change to the... Because I I understood that there was a directive, like that whole... The idea uh, that's called catch and release. There was a directive. Now, I couldn't see immediately... Is there an actual, like, are they addressing that issue? Well, since it's often in federal jurisdiction, the actual quote, they are going to get, give direction to the attorney general for prosecutors to work with federal law and develop a clear and understandable approach to bail. So that's not changing things overnight. No. It's saying that we, we hear you, but it's not a change overnight. Let's, and that's why I say it the proof is going to be in watching what they actually do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. More to come. All right. Well, I think it is time for a break. So we'll come back and we'll talk to Carm. We'll give Carm and John a chance to uh, comment on that. And we'll probably get back to Garth as well. Talking about uh, the Prolific Offender Act and uh, community in Prince George. Once upon a time, there lived a man who hated Christmas. And that man was me. So this is your Christmas gift to me, Lord. One who has never loved has never lived. My name is Robert Theodore Redfern. This story is much more than just my own. I looked everywhere for Tom. Oh, Jack, is he dead? Lamplighter Theatre presents The Unlikely Wiseman. Sundays at 7 a.m. and p.m. here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. I found my favorite lunch at Deb's Cafe. Cauliflower bacon chowder with a ham and egg breakfast sandwich. Delicious. Find your favorite lunch today at Deb's Cafe on 7th at Quebec, next to Pharmasave. Many seniors tell us the portions at Deb's Cafe are just too large. Now seniors who mention this ad can enjoy a 12-ounce bowl of soup and a bun for $5.25. Deb's Cafe on 7th at Quebec, next to Pharmasave. Children are back to school and the weather is turning cooler. Time to make your appointment at Tops and Bottoms. Find your well-fitting, supportive and beautiful underwear in our store at 2nd and Victoria. We are here to help make your shopping experience a victory. Schedule a fitting appointment with your service expert online at topsandbottoms.ca or call 250-614-1553. Tops and Bottoms, continued support for the women of Prince George. Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy today, periods of rain beginning this morning. Wind from the south at 40, gusting to 60, diminishing to 20, gusting to 40 near noon, and the temperature falling to 2. Tonight, periods of rain and overnight, then cloudy. Wind from the southwest at 30, gusting to 50, a low of minus 2 with a wind chill to minus 9. Mainly cloudy on Friday, gusting winds continuing, and a high of 4. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, Trudy Clausen back here with uh, three guests, Carm Manhas, Garth Frizzell, and John Zakowski. Uh, John, uh, Carm, or uh, Garth was telling us a little bit about uh, these the safe communities. What, oh, what is it called, Garth? Action Sorry. plan. Yeah. Safe communities action plan. Safer <clears throat> communities action plan. Okay, Garth, what do you think? I heard a commentator say yesterday, it's like, seriously, is nobody realizing where this came from, why we got here? Oh, John. You're Garth. John. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I meant John. Okay. John, yes. So, your question again? My question. <laughs> My question was, how did we get here? 
and, well, and, that's and a is long this story is, that is, involves evolution then no 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 <laughs> sorry <laughs> um how do you how do we get here and do you think that this safer communities action plan is actually going to help us out I think it will. Uh, as we were quickly having an off off mic discussion during the break, uh, the situation we're in has been a long time coming. Uh, from the evolution in the in the early eighties uh, of dialing back policing in small communities, uh, Garth mentioned that we got our our constitution ratified, so to speak, in in Ottawa, and the the charter. Um, and then the repealing of certain specific laws and actions by provincial governments to get rid of mental health and addictions facilities and dialing back services. It's been a slow train, but now we've seen it. And the small communities are seeing it as well as the big communities with the homeless, with the addictions, the increase in crime, the toxic drugs. Um, it's now we're up to our armpits and something that took just about 15 to 20 years to build up. Yeah. And that's, and that's just talking about it from a macro perspective and not even even from the human suffering perspective. That's right. right. So now we have the advantage of uh, a new premier uh, bringing some innovative plans in to try and make change. So now we're going to have the provincial government trying to, Coax would probably be the best word. The the federal government into into making some further changes to restore some of the law and order, so to speak. Not trying to sound too rudimentary, but you know, bringing back a little bit more order into the communities again. So okay. it'll be interesting. Okay, Carm, I I was impressed during the campaign with your. You seem to be really connected to. To to the human suffering aspect, but also just like the impact on business, like during the campaign, um, and and how those two things together, uh, how much they hurt our downtown, um, and so what do you think? Like, is this a step in the right direction? Well, I think first thing, well, it's my job is safety and security in that regard. But uh, so uh, I think when we talk about prolific offenders, maybe people don't understand that they're causing most of the crime. They, if we could just. And it needs to be more hard-lined, I think, easily. And I think everyone agrees on that. There's time rehab and everybody. If you keep doing this over and over again, it needs to be solved. And it would, imagine what would happen to our community instantly. There, most of the crimes are competing. And they know it's happening. My building was broken into a cinder block. He, he drilled through and then a guy jumped through the uh, roof a couple, few years back. That happened to me too. And it happened all over. They know who it is. So that's just unacceptable. And, uh, yeah, so this is much needed. I think it should be really, I guess, specifically against the, the prolific offenders. Prolific offenders. They need to be taken out. Well, and I think, I, I think often in the conversation about prolific offenders, one thing that is forgotten is that the people who, like, besides the business community and especially the small business and commu- community, like we were talking about before, but the people who are most at risk, and are, and are most often the victims of prolific offenders are people who are marginalized or, or vulnerable. And um, have you seen that in, like, because your business is on Dominion, I think? Second Dominion. It's right in behind the St. Vincent de Paul, so I've been there for, for years. Well, just the transformation of the city. One thing is just, it's a long time in coming. Like, the city turned into, it looks like a penitentiary, and even the 
homeless population. They they talk about that, how the gates went up and the fences, and the, how does that psychologically interact with everybody? You yeah. know, and what it, what it is. On my campaign, I seen one young fellow here. He, I was talking with him. Uh, there was right in behind my building, actually. And he, uh, we noticed his hand and his finger was chopped off. So that was, that was an illegal drug trade. Look, it looked very fresh and looked like, like we're talking yesterday. Wow. And he didn't go to the hospital. So yeah, you know, it's a shocker when it's happening because I'm trying to maintain this conversation, but it's happening all around us. So, Okay, so um, I'll start with, uh, maybe I'll start with John on this one. One of the aspects of that of this safe, Safer Communities Action Plan is going after the houses, cars, and luxury goods of high-level organized criminals who profit on misery by introducing unexplained wealth order legislation in spring 2023. Do you think that is going to work? Yep. Sure, why not? You turn around, you take the toys away. Okay, that's that's gang life. Gang life is you climb the ladder, it's old school mafia, you climb the ladder, you get the wealth, you get the fame, you're no longer directly involved in the action that's happening on the street, you're doing it remotely, you have to go up that ladder and take out the head. You've, that's, I mean, we're, we're talking mafia, but we're, we're just bringing it up to modern day. So gang life and, and street life, you know, these people that are living in, in multi-million dollar homes, they're not. They're not making it off the corner sewing store that they own downtown. Okay, but but it's often funneled and laundered through the corner sewing store. Oh yeah, I mean, I, sure. I mean, so uh, how are they gonna like? How are they gonna are, like? Do you think they'll actually be able to do this? Well, sure. I mean, that'll be uh, all the intel that the RCMP collects, and they collect a lot of intelligence. Uh, they collect more intelligence than they do spend time doing arrests just so that they can find out where the food chain is and then jump on it. So it'll be nice to see some enforcement and some of this stuff seized and taken away and, and uh, dial it back to to getting rid of the kingpins. You get rid of the kingpins and then it's disorganized. Then it has to start again. It takes a long time for that to grow. It's okay. like so uprooting your garden. Garth, what do you think? Do you think oh. that'll work? Uh, I know uh, Councillor Skaken's been uh, pushing for this to be enhanced and uh, increased for more than a decade um, at different levels. Like trying to go after the, the kingpins. Yeah, proceeds of crime in particular. And we saw that within six months, it, the international community was able to start seizing the yachts of Russian oligarchs. That's right. So why is it that we can't take the knowledge that we have, the intelligence that John's described, and put it into action and get those, I'd, I'd add another piece, get that that money brought back to the communities where the impacts are being felt. That's right. There was something I read about that, that uh, the municipalities were fighting to get that happening. Now, did that actually already happen or is that still not happening? It's an ongoing battle. Uh, it's an ongoing challenge. So if they arrest a kingpin who's made all his money here... The idea is supposed to be that, like, we would like it, the money then to come back, right? Yes, ideally. But that doesn't happen very often, hey? I think no, it was I mean, about 20 years ago, wasn't it, that the in uh, California, Los Angeles went after the seizure of assets, and they got the money back from uh, when when the stuff was seized. They eventually got the money turned over to law enforcement to use in the community, so... Could be. We've got a reliable source of revenue from uh, from traffic violations, but it's small. Okay. And All right. Okay. Steve is motioning to me. It's time for a break. We'll be coming back talking after this. 
This week's NRESI colloquium is Fishers, Forests, and Fur, Challenges of Understanding Ecology and Translating It into Effective Conservation. Carnivore Conservation Specialist Richard Weir of the Ministry of Land, Water, and Resources Stewardship in Victoria will give the presentation, Everyone is Welcome. That's Fishers, Forests, and Fur, Challenges of Understanding Ecology and Translating It into Effective Conservation. The next NRESI colloquium, Friday afternoon from 3.30 to 4.30 in Room 7-212 at UNBC. It's a tabletop meetup for teens on Thursdays at the downtown branch of the Prince George Public Library. Games take center stage. Whether it's a variety of board games or card strategy games like Magic the Gathering, there's sure to be something for any teen interested in gaming. If you've got your own decks for card strategy games, bring them along and test them against other players. It's a free drop-in teen tabletop meetup, Thursdays from 4 to 5 at the downtown branch of the Public Library. Whether you're an expert on the ukulele or just starting out, the Prince George Public Library's jam sessions are the place for you. Beginners are more than welcome to come out and join the fun, and the library even has a few ukuleles you can borrow for the sessions. The jam sessions feature fun, popular songs, and yes, chords and lyric sheets are provided if you need them. The next Ukulele for Adults jam session is next Tuesday from 4.30 to 5.30 at the downtown branch of your Prince George Public Library. Prince George RCMP are seeking the public's assistance in their investigation of a shooting on Monday, November 14th. At about 5.15 p.m., RCMP responded to a call of a possible shooting at the foot of the Blue Staircase at Connaught Hill Park. They attended and found a man in his 20s suffering from a gunshot wound. He was taken to hospital where he later died. Anyone with information on this event is asked to call the RCMP at 250-561-3300. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, Trudy Clausen back with uh, Garth Frizzell, Carmen Hass, and John Zakowski. Uh, in, in the break, or just before the break, uh, Garth, you were just mentioning about proceeds of, uh, of the cannabis yeah. legalization. Yeah, when cannabis was legalized in Canada, they instituted an excise tax, and it's a pretty hefty excise tax. Uh, that goes what, to okay. The, explain what's an excise tax. So, for your your drugs, alcohol, for various luxuries, you get a tax that's brought by the federal government. So, okay, that tax is put onto cannabis as well. On the agreement, right from the beginning, fifty percent goes to provinces or territories. Fifty percent goes to Ottawa, and then Ottawa said, "Hey, to sweeten the deal, we'll only take twenty five percent, but provinces and territories has to give our twenty five percent." to municipalities because they're incurring costs too and it's true we are <laughs> yes and in bc well ontario they said yep we'll give you that and more municipalities bc not a dime never has been a dime they said thank you ottawa we'll take our 75 percent of the excise tax but it's it's just too expensive for us to administer this in bc so we're going to keep it all municipalities get nothing um and, and, you know, nobody's marching on the legislature here because we don't really know about this, right? Yeah, we push it every year. I mean, it, it would amount to in the tens of thousands of dollars per year. It's not a huge amount that Prince George would be getting, but across the province, it's big. Yeah. And and we are, it is costing us to have this, this new legalization. So it's not fair. It's not right. That's just odd. All right. So let's segue into uh, housing. So the Premier EB was uh, 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 so sort of the focus from seems to me from the, the provincial that the provincial government is taking is that 
the problem in with her housing, the fact that we are low on housing stock in our province is is the fault of the cities and the municipalities. So, um, uh, Carm, uh, how much of a like? How much did you hear about the the lack of housing and the need for housing? How much did you hear about during your campaign? Reminder that most people there is a was housing available, but they can't live to the standards of the housing. So you're talking like low barrier housing, uh, just across just to the meet board. them where they're at. Well, that, that's the scenario. There is housing available. They just are unable to meet it living there, and we need to meet them where they're at. And so, just affordability was a huge problem. Uh, just no, going back to it's the addictions. Oh, okay, so okay, what about most of the crime? I mean, I mean, I dare say at the jail here too. If you if you look at it and we go down and look, it's actually was they're not a cat burglar. They stealing DVD players and VCRs for years just to buy drugs. They're not, and once they're off, they're normal, uh, like just regular contributing member of society. So, yeah, there's a housing is an issue. Yeah, but. I think it's the drugs. The drugs. Yeah. What about for people who are not living on the streets and who are um, who, who are who don't fit the categories of mental or, or alcohol addiction, that kind of thing? What about for let's say middle class people? Like, how much did you hear about the lack of ho- available oh, housing? Uh, yeah. Yes, I, I did, but not to the extent of the. Yeah. Declaring the downtown problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, there was that study, and I, I'm certain that you saw it, about um, Prince George need, going from needing 5,000 to 10,000 houses in five years. Um, I, I was surprised that that wasn't more of an issue talking to voters, but I think you're right. I think what happened with voters is that the downtown issue was so serious that it sort of over uh, overtook that. Uh, John, uh, I'll go with you. What... How did um, what was the feedback that you heard from on the campaign trail and or or and or what do you think of the premier's initiative here? Well, I think uh, I think he's he's spot on. We need more housing, uh, and we need more entry level housing. I mean, just looking at a young couple, you know, ooh, 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 sweet on each other, just starting to go out. Uh, they're looking for an apartment. Well, you try to find an apartment at a reasonable price. It's it's difficult. Uh, then you look at an established couple. They want to turn around and maybe look at children, uh, upgrading to the next level of housing for them is also cost prohibitive. I moved from in 2005 from Victoria to Prince George. What I got up here for $116,000 in 2005 would have cost me 750000 in Victoria for the same size lot, same age home. So, yeah, the housing thing, it's just boiled over from the larger centers to us. And this is sadly one area that we really didn't want to catch up with Victoria on. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If you want something, uh, leave it to Victoria to show you what it's going to look like first. But, I mean... Uh, housing, housing societies, uh, entry level housing, affordable housing. When I say affordable housing, I don't mean just government subsidized. You don't pay anything. I, I'm talking about prorated housing uh, per month, is subsidized by the government, so that it's based on the household's income level. 
uh, programs. Again, uh, sorry, I keep going back to Victoria. Pacifica Housing in Victoria had a program that was set up so that a young couple getting started could turn around and get into affordable housing based on their income that wasn't going to kill them. Right, that they were not going to be stretched beyond their limits to be able to afford to pay for the rent and then groceries and then the other living expenses. And as they earned more, their rent, the sliding scale went up and they were given the opportunity to put money away to be able to buy a home. So that's, that's, I think what EB is looking at. The same thing, clipping the, uh, the stratus and saying, look, you know, the strata rules, uh, that you can't rent your your town home or whatever. Those things need to change. Um, that is going to put a lot of housing on the market for a lot of people. It's being allowed to let people do that lateral slide and upgrade their homes. You turn around and you make higher-end homes more available, then people will migrate to those, and that will create more and lower cost housing available for other people so it's a, it's a set of stairs everybody gets a chance to step up and uh, we'll have more available housing so it's a start i think it's well worth looking at okay um garth i'll let we have uh well no we don't let's 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 go for an early break here steve and we'll come back talking about uh the province's announcement for housing and uh, we'll be back after this break Need a place to hang out with your friends for an hour each week? If you're between the ages of 8 and 12, the Public Library's Hangout Program is what you're looking for. Each Wednesday between 3 and 4, you can meet old friends and make new ones while enjoying different activities each week. It's a free drop-in program, so you just hang out when you want to. The Hangout Program, Wednesdays from 3 to 4 at the downtown branch of the Prince George Public Library. The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council is accepting nominations for the 2022 Premier's Awards for Indigenous Youth Excellence in Sport. The Premier's Awards honors and uplifts Indigenous youth athletes who have achieved excellence in performance sport and are regarded for their leadership qualities both on and off the field of play. Full details are available and nominations can be made through ispark.ca. The 2022 Premier's Awards for Indigenous Youth Excellence in Sport. Nomination deadline is Friday, December 16th. The City of Prince George advises of the following traffic disruptions. The southbound Simon Fraser Bridge is closed through September of next year for completion of rehabilitation work. The corner of 5th and Tabor may experience minor traffic disruptions through November 30th. The intersection of Winnipeg and Kearney has lane closures through December 12th. A speaker between Ferry and Andres is single lane traffic until December 1st. And the sidewalk on Quebec between 6th and 7th is closed until further notice. Full details are available online through Prince George. Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy today, periods of rain beginning this morning. Winds in the south at 40, gusting to 60, diminishing to 20, gusting to 40 near noon, and the temperature falling to 2. Tonight, periods of rain and the overnight, then cloudy. Winds from the southwest at 30, gusting to 50, a low of minus 2 with a wind chill to minus 9. Mainly cloudy on Friday, gusting winds continuing, and a high of 4. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. All right, Trudy Claussen back with John Zakowski, Garth Frizzell, and Car Manhas talking about housing in our city and, and the impact of the uh, provincial government's announcement to create a new standalone ministry to tackle the housing crisis. Um, Garth, what do you think? Um, 
great points by Carm and John beforehand on the two sides of the issue, homelessness and and uh, the ability of people to buy their own house. I mean, the promise of our society is if you work really hard, you can earn money, set it aside, buy your own house. That should be something that is a given, and it's not right now. It's too expensive. So two sides of the same issue. Are is Are these announcements going to going to solve it i think we're both aspiring to the same direction but the provincial government and the when it starts saying things like we will issue directives and you will meet compliance that gets me nervous right off the get-go because decisions in prince george are best made by us here in prince george not by people in victoria nervous about that um the housing who's going to build it if we have a target to meet and developers aren't coming forward to meet it, and the provincial government isn't providing the funding for housing, what does that mean? What's that going to leave us with? The pro- are we going to be compelled to pay for our own delivery of housing? There, so there's a lot of this regulation that it, obviously they won't compel the city to pay for construction, but what do they want? And that they're, they're silent right now. I'm eager to see how they're going to how they're going to get us to to meet these targets. So how much of a, you know, back and forth blaming, finger pointing exercise is this going to be? Because, I mean, because we all know that that doesn't result in great work. So um, I know that that there are certainly issues within municipalities around approving development, but then the UBCM, which you would be more familiar with, uh, their statement about, because that was part of uh, um, an interview you did this week, about the the pushback from the UBCM and saying, well, wait a minute, province, there we are, we have some issues. Yeah. A big piece during the, the election also was accessibility. Do we have sidewalks? Well, if we're going to meet targets and we have to cut, well, some say regulation, some call it red tape. In the worst case, it's red tape, and you just cut that red tape. Well, what if that means the red tape of a developer having to provide a park for people nearby or or, or a sidewalk? And there's no sidewalk there in perpetuity there for, from then on. Uh, that doesn't. That's why local planning is important, so we can have Prince George priorities. So what about the, uh, and I'll just uh, ask you again, Garth, sorry, um, is what about the... The um, I think the UBCM was saying that there were some issues around permitting with um, with approve the provincial government and the federal government needing to approve some issues, and that that was actually sometimes causing more of a backlog in the system rather than municipal rules. Yeah, they've the uh, federal government and the provincial government have their own regulations they're supposed to enforce, and sometimes. Uh, they will just ignore the wishes of a municipality. Famous one was Canada Post making a decision on where they were going to locate super boxes. It seems like a tiny issue until they're putting their super boxes over top of where you need to access sewer lines. And what are you going to do? Rip up a, a, a post office box to get to those sewer lines? It's, it's communication, it's planning, and it's letting us do the work that we're supposed to be empowered to do. Because we're, we're supposed to represent what the people of Prince George want, not what people of all over Canada want or what what Crown Corporations want. Okay. All right. Uh, so then, Carm, I'm going to go with you. You had mentioned during our break talking a little bit about landlords because in, in the whole rental situation, which John talked about, and the need for, for people to be able to have entry-level housing and, and to be able to move up, up the ladder of housing, 
Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the situations that landlords find themselves in? Sure. Maybe I'm going to bring up a couple of issues maybe that people might, you know, involve this that not talked about that much. One thing is going to be, is going to be about the landlords. They also work very hard to get to their situation and, uh, they're, it's not like they're not, it, it's a very tough situation for them. Really expensive to have. It, it's a business. It's very expensive. There's layers and levels to all that too, as well. It, no, speaking to that is all. Is, is a lot. Of, I'm an immigrant. My parents are. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's a lot of immigration coming to Canada every year. This is factually the numbers. And then we're responsible. There's a lot of homeless getting shipped to Prince George. I don't understand. I did look into that when I was. This is all housing issue. But, yeah. And then now we're looking after these people. So yeah, as a landlord, there. That's pretty tough. This stuff that they're, you know, they, it was their business and their their dream and their investments. Maybe, mm-hmm. for example, me, I don't have a pension, so this might be something that I'm going to be looking at myself. So in the long term, generate some uh, passive income and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I just wanted to bring that stuff up to, to kind of balance out the other side of the situation with the housing. And, and one thing that I heard, uh, this was about a year ago about especially rental housing and, and landlords is often like BC housing was not doing their job in providing housing for the most vulnerable. And so landlords were ending up and, and, you know, and then they get deri- derided or, you know, accused of being slum landlords. And it's like, well, wait a minute. There's nobody else is providing housing for people because exactly. BC's, BC housing's rules are too strict. Yeah, you know what? She's speaking to the BC Housing and the government taking too much control. If I, on my survey when I was doing the business owners, I also uh, uh, did all the homeless population and stuff. And then they, I asked them, they don't trust in Ministry of Children and Families. They don't trust BC Housing. They actually don't want nothing to do with them. So, like, that being part of the solution, and, you know, they have a problem with the police and, and other things too as well, but these institutions... So uh, yeah, there is a there is a another barrier there. They don't trust them. They don't want to work with them. So we, it's almost like we have this whole segment of the population that, you know, we we've set up BC Housing, and and their their mandate was to to provide housing for those people who couldn't access it in the market, and yet that hasn't happened. So you hit on a really important word there, market. And so some of it is market supply and market demand, and we don't have enough supply right now. We've got more people wanting houses, and we've got smaller families now. Instead of nine people growing up, uh, yeah. you've got one or two people in the same size house. We don't have enough houses. We've had a construction boom for 10 years, and we're still not keeping up with the demand. Demand is outstripping supply, so price is going to go, pardon the pun, through the roof. <laughs> yep. And then there's a hole in the roof. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no. Um, I I noticed that um, uh, some of the municipalities were, like, pushing back a little bit on the provincial government and saying, well, wait a minute, our housing has actually increased faster than population growth. So, you know, while in Prince George, our numbers went from five, needing 5,000 homes to 10,000, part of what's what that is hiding is the fact that we actually developed more housing or the percentage of growth in housing stock actually increased more than our population did. But but then there's other issues, and, and uh, you know, just thinking about ourselves, like we have had a family of six. Well, none of those kids are living at home anymore, right? So where are they living? Mm-hmm. And so they all, I mean, we've, we've, we did the calculation. It's like, okay, our family has now grown from one house to needing 
uh, I think we figured out like th- four, four houses. But if we divide it up by the other kids, then it's like, okay, sort of three, right? So, and that has an impact. So if the uh, if one of the things we can do at City Hall is to speed up the process for getting housing approvals done, that's great, but not with increasing the risk to safety. And I like what Mayor Yu has committed to, and that's making it more efficient and taking new processes. All right, we'll get back. We'll talk about that after we come back from this break. Learn how to set the stage and utilize some fun settings in your smartphone or digital camera Tuesday, December 13th from 6 to 8 at Studio 2880. Discover the fun and addiction of bokeh photography with Christina Watts just in time to produce creative photos for the holidays. Registration and full details are available through the Arts North link at studio2880.com. Bokeh photography with Christina Watts, Tuesday, December 13th from 6 to 8 at Studio 2880. Get up to speed in Microsoft Excel with three online boot camps from CNC Continuing Education. Start with the basics or if you're feeling confident, move up to the next level. Each boot camp is instructor-led over two evenings. Cost is $149 per camp. Basic training, next level, or making data presentable. Registration and full details are available through Continuing Education at CNC. Microsoft Excel Boot Camps, regularly available online through CNC Continuing Education. Hope for Women Pregnancy Services needs your help with their Christmas hamper campaign. Hope for Women has several clients and families needing help alleviating so much holiday stress and give our neighbors the ability to provide their families with a very special Christmas. The program will pair you with a family that fits your budget at a cost of $350 to $600. To sponsor a family or to get more information, email chelsea at hopeforwomen.ca. If you're the parent of a very young person and you're looking for a handy entertainment option, check out Storytime and Baby Time at either branch of the library. There are three sessions of Storytime for children 0 to 5 years at the downtown branch, starting at 10.15 on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, and one at the Nechackle branch on Wednesdays. Baby Time for those 0 to 11 months runs at 11.30 Wednesday at the Nechackle branch and Thursdays downtown. For the full schedule, check out pgpl.ca. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Okay, good morning. Trudy Clausen back talking with uh, Garth Frizzell, Carman Hass, and John Zakowski. Uh, Garth was just mentioning that uh, one of the things that Mayor Yu had promised was uh, an improvement in the developing and permitting process. Um, so can you talk briefly about what you know about that, and then I'll go to John. Yeah, always every every term when we start out, one of the things we look at is ways we can help staff get more efficient. So we, we crank and push and look for opportunities. A big one during the pandemic is people got used to digital systems, submitting things electronically. It's not right for everybody, but it sure speeds things up when you can do that. So Mayor, you talked about how he was going to look at the f- second floor, and he, that's what his career has been wrapped around was the yep. second floor, which is just for listeners, it's where development services, building permits, all of these pieces are done. Yes, so the, so if you're concerned about city stuff, it's like when we're talking pro- permits and developing, that's second floor. All right, okay. Uh, John, uh, we were, you were talking a little bit about um, housing availability and like during our break and, and the fact that, you know, we've got an awful lot of what seem to be almost castles as opposed to... Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I think maybe encouragement from the city and from planning to developers would be to look at dialing back 
the size of the homes that are being built, go back to the post-war home, which was a very simple entry-level house, you know, affordable. That You want affordable, build affordable. You don't need to have 6,000 square feet of, of in-home living space. You can easily make do with 1,500 or 1,000 square feet. So that's maybe planning needs to look at the map and say, we need entry-level homes in this area, and then we'll go medium of the road in this area, and then we can go for some high-end homes here, but do a blend. That's that's what the province wants to see in housing is a blend of entry level uh, going up. And maybe if we can encourage the city to look at encouraging developers to do that, okay, they're not going to buck out uh, on one house sale. But if they do a subdivision, hey, why not? And I and I think it um, doing multi uh, what is the term Garth? Uh, multifamily homes. Mul- no, um, like d- no neighborhoods with um, different kinds of housing in it. Oh, okay. There's a phrase, and I was reading about it. Yeah, the city I can't has, remember the yeah. phrase either. <laughs> There's a phrase, and the um, uh, I think the city has actually begun to look at neighborhood development in that way, making it multi. Whatever, multi-building kind. Carm, <laughs> um, if I could go to you and just talk about, um, because one thing that home ownership has traditionally done for us, and I know that it has become a little bit popular to say, ah, oh, you know what, young people don't want to own homes. And yet home ownership has allowed people to uh, begin to be, business owners and so because if you own your own home you can act you can take loans out against it which you know everybody always says oh you shouldn't do and yet people do it because it gives them a foot in the door for starting their own business so can you talk a little bit about that maybe some robert kiyosaki or anyone that's picked up his books yeah no definitely uh in fact I think uh, over the years, I, I started looking at business. I remember my friend, I, I did a bunch of multi-level marketing, and every, I even named my dog Amway. I'm not, not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not joking. And my friend, he, he became a dentist, but he got into the, the real estate, and he, he got Kiyosaki's book. And, yeah, there's a lot of people, I think, that went down that path. And just having your money... You know, investing into something. It's just a liability versus the asset and, and assets increasing. It just makes sense in many ways. In fact, many people would say it's the only way. Like, lots of people will say this is the way. And yep. immigrants, uh, families and stuff, for sure. East Indian community, huge on that. Yeah. Massive. And it's because we all need a place to live and... And if you can actually gain, uh, build equity in instead of paying rent, I mean it's not for everybody, obviously, but that is that is a, a huge plus in favor of home home ownership, right? Well, there's something to be said for something that you own. And anyway, business owner, we're talking about all this stuff today. If it's yours, the amount of like you're not going to just treat it Badly. like garbage. No, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's sort of a fundamental human trait. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, okay, we have uh, just wrap-up comments. We have um, about three minutes left. So, Garth, let's give you the first minute. Well, I think all uh, great, great uh, interviews today. Thank you, Trudy. Thanks for putting the panel together. I think one piece that uh, we can look forward to, all four of us said during the campaign, was we've got the official community plan getting reviewed in the coming year. Uh, that's going to open up, so please keep your eyes out for those opportunities because if any of these issues today uh, can with you and you've got an opinion to share please do it's going to be time to to renew that plan and to get your voice heard 
All right, uh, Carm. Trudy, thank you once again. Uh, always keep the conversation going. I think these, this is where, and the people, especially locally, this is what they're they want to hear about and affects them directly in their lives. And this is a discussion they want to hear. I think. All right, uh, John. Folks, it's been great chatting with you. Yes, um, really important. Every second Monday when we get back to our regular schedule, if you're absolutely bored and you've got nothing better to do from 6 o'clock on, uh, catch a council meeting. Uh, sit back and stream it at home, and you can eat popcorn and drink your <laughs> beers and and see what goes on at council. It, an informed community is a smart community, and it's an engaged community. So, you know, this way, if you hear something in a council meeting and it strokes you for the wrong way, get on, send an email to a counselor and, and say, hey, how does this apply to me? Don't be scared to, to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I was just thinking um, that, that that sums it up really nicely and because I think that's vitally important in uh, to stay engaged and also... Uh, for the community to feel that that their local politicians are hearing them, to have to actually have that, the changes that the community is calling for to actually uh, be put in, right? And and that's that's how you develop that engagement and you build trust. And well, thank you very much, gentlemen, for coming in. I just really appreciate all of you taking the time. And we'll be. Oh, and Steve is telling me we have one minute before we need to stop. Well, well we can all thank Trudy. So. <laughs> well, you already did. She's a class and act. Yes. <laughs> class and act. Very funny. Uh, but, but tomorrow, I think Rez is coming back with the political panel, right, Steve? Uh, I believe so. All right, yes. Yeah, so please do tune in for that. And, of course, remember that you can actually um, get this podcast on CFISF, CFIS's website, CFISFM's website, sorry. Um, and you can listen to it in the comfort of your home or your vehicle and share it with your friends because that is something that I know I've pointed a number of people to and I don't know how much it gets used, but there we go. Thank you very much for your time and listening today and I hope that you all stay involved and, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. After 9 is a weekday presentation of CFISFM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Eric Allen, Kylie Lewis-Holt, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. This is Community Radio 93.1 CFISFM. Proudly supported by Prince George businesses like Copar Administration.